0: to hear an anointed powerful word that will change your life from treasure coast victory center be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory okay are you ready y'all ready cody all right, take your Bibles again. Go to Third John, where we were last week for a little while. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for giving us revelation, knowledge, in our spirits. As we study your word to show ourselves approved, Father, we thank you that we are coming disciples of yours, that we will be used mightily in the times that we're in right now. We thank you for your Holy Ghost, who lives on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, just have a good time tonight. Enjoy yourself, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, 3rd John, we were there last week. We're just going to start in verse 2 again. Paul says, I stir up your minds through repetition or remembrance, so we're going to remembrance you right off the bat tonight. Look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, we looked at this last week. This is important for each and every one of us. Because first of all, it told me that God's will is that I prosper, number one, and that I be in health. So God wants us in health. This will slowly start to eliminate some of the thoughts that we have in our mind before we understand this. Before I understood that God wanted me to be in health, I had questions like, then why don't God heal me? Why don't God do something? Why am I still sick if God is almighty and sovereign? Why am I still suffering with this pain? But notice, as explained in the end, it's even as your soul prospers. Say my soul. soul. Now we know your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, and your imagination. So notice, whether you be in health or prosper is not up to God. He has already provided for it. It was actually up to me whether I was going to be in health and whether I was going to prosper because it depended on what I did with my soul. All right, go to Genesis chapter 2 tonight. I found out after I got born again that it wasn't all the new stuff that I learned. It was getting unlearned from some of the stupid stuff that I knew. And the only way you can do that is through the word of God. Because the word of God, of course, is truth. It's God's truth. All right, Genesis chapter 2, are you there? Look at verse 15. It says, And the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, what will happen? You shall surely die. So here we see that God put man in the garden after he created him. We all know that he created him with authority. In the image and likeness of God, that's in Genesis chapter 1. So that's how God wanted man to be, but now he put him in the garden. He was told by God, do not eat, or you shall surely do what? Die. Die. Now notice, God did not say, the day that you eat off the tree, I'm going to kill you. The day you eat off the tree, I'm going to punish you for eating off the tree. I'm going to teach you a good lesson if you, if you eat off the tree. Notice, he said, you make the choice. You either eat off the tree, or you don't eat off the tree. So notice, it was mankind who basically made the choice. Adam made the choice. God is not responsible for the results of any decision that you make in the kingdom of God. Now, sometimes we want to make bad decisions, and of course we want to blame them on God, but how many know God didn't make the decision? As a matter of fact, he probably told us what decision we shouldn't have made before we made it. Have you ever been to the place where you thought you shouldn't do something, but you did it anyway, and you knew you shouldn't have did it before you did it, but you did it anyway, and now you're sorry you did it because you knew you shouldn't have did it before you did it. <laughs>
1: Have he ever did that? We all have, haven't we? And then we
0: had the consequences of that. So it's not God attacking man, mad at man here. He doesn't like man. I was taught God didn't even want me in heaven. As a matter of fact, I had to be good enough where I could sneak around the back of heaven and get in the back door while Peter was keeping him busy at the front, because in religion, that's what I was taught. God didn't like any of us. He didn't care for any of us. He didn't even want us in heaven. But here you can see this is not God's doing. This is man's doing. The result of a wrong choice is, Adam, you will die. And how many know Adam ate off the tree, so he died basically, and basically now notice, was God in control at this time? No, he wasn't. It was up to man, wasn't it? God didn't make him do it. God couldn't keep him from doing it. God gave him free will. How many of you know all of us have something called free will? We make our own choices. We do our own thing. So here we see that God did not get mad at Adam and kill him. God did not get mad and judge him by putting spiritual death on him. Adam chose to die die by the decisions that he made now because of wrong teaching and wrong thinking many people live sickly because they don't understand that God number one wants us to live in divine health some people don't even know you can possibly live in divine health they think you can just get sick and then hopefully pray your way out of it but he said to be in health say be in health health. so God basically when he created man how many know he didn't create him sick he didn't create him depressed. He didn't create him down and out. He created him in God's image and likeness with authority. So man was already in health, but when Adam sinned, it allowed something called spiritual death to enter into the earth realm. Before that time, there, there was no sickness. Before he, he sinned, there was no curse. There was no of these things. But by him doing that, then basically the curse entered the earth realm because of basically the decision that he made. So number one, God is not a beat-you-up God. He's not a teach you a good lesson. lesson, have you ever heard that? Are you sick? Well, God's just teaching you a good lesson, brother. You just bear it and go with it, and embrace God. The more you get sick, the better off you're going to be, because God's teaching you, and you're getting smarter every day when that happens. I mean, you know, if that's the kind of God I'm under, i don't really even be one under him. Come on now. No, it's not that way. God's not a strike you with sickness, a curse God because you stumbled. God is a good God. How often? How often is he a good God? All the time. Just put your finger there. Go to James chapter 1. Okay, James chapter 1, look at verse 16. It tells you to do not err, my beloved brethren. Now, why do you think that would be put in the Bible? Because there's going to be a good chance that you probably err in this area of your life. So let me just straighten you out. The word says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither is there any shadow of turning. So the Word of God says, God is a good God. Every good gift you receive is from God, not the bad gifts, just the good gifts. So the good gifts, basically, that God gives to each and every one of us belong to us, and they come from God. God does not bring evil. He, he's not after you to be an evil. He's not here to punish you. He's not here to do any of those things. God is a good God. The Bible says, out of the good treasure of a, or a good tree comes good fruit. Out of a bad tree comes bad fruit. Well, is God a good tree or a bad tree? He must be a good tree, so he can only bring forth good fruit. So once again, my thought life has got to go away from uh, a symptom hits my body. It's got to go away from God. God, why don't you heal me? Uh, why? Why is this happening? Why? Did, I tell you, the worst thing you can do is "why." Uh-huh. It will mess you up every single time. Let's face it. You might as well have some hum- humility and figure out there's some things you just not going to know on this side. Amen. See. You can't why everything. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did this take place? Why is this happening in my life? Why is this? Your job is to just stand against sickness and disease because Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of the law when he died on the cross. So God is good. He's good all the time. So we found out that Adam ate, and when he did, spiritual death, say spiritual death. Now, why was it spiritual death? Because we know it wasn't physical death because he didn't die in that day that he sinned. Did he? He lived a long time after that. So he died spiritually, and because of his spiritual death, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a physical body. Because he died spiritually, it caused his physical body to end up deteriorate and die also. So it's because of what he did. So what happened when Adam ate off the tree? Number one, he lost the Holy Ghost. He was also separated from God at that time. How many of you know your connection to God is the Spirit of God? Number three, he was born again. He was born again from life to death. When we get born again, we're born again from life. See, he was born again. Why happened? Because everything on the inside of him, everything on the inside of him changed. He was born he had faith. he was born, he had love. He had dominion. He had the nature of God. He had the glory of God. But all things when he sinned became new. Faith was turned to fear, love was turned to hate, sin and guilt came into his life. All these things happened and he took on a brand new nature as a spiritual being because of spiritual death. So it's normal for anyone who's not born again to live in hate, to live in sin, to live in all these things because that is their nature. When you get born again, how many know it was hard to sin? How many know before he got born again, it was easy to sin? You didn't have to take sin 101 or 102. You sinned because that was the nature on the inside of you. So here Adam was born again, and you can see what happened to the earth. The first thing that happened, two brothers got together, and Cain did what to Abel? killed Killed him, didn't he? Before that, there was no murder. There was no death. So what happened? Spiritual death came in, and just like the fruit of the Spirit, which we talk about a lot, love, joy, peace, there's also spiritual fruit of spiritual death, and the fruit of that, basically, is fear, it's hate, it's sin, it's guilt, it's all these things that are fruits of that kind of nature. That's why it's not enough just to love Jesus, be with Jesus, ye must be born again, and the day you're born again, you enter into the kingdom of God, and God, what he does is he restores you to man's original position. Amen. That's why it says re, say re. Re. Wherever you see re in the Bible, it means that if he's doing something that was already done before you, you can't re- it. you understand? He cannot restore you unless at one time you were stored. He can't redeem you unless time you were You cannot receive the Holy Spirit unless one time you had the, the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus came, he came and restored us to our original position, redeemed us from all the things of the curse, did all these things when he came to take us back to our original position that we were in. Now, what is physical death? Physical death is when you step outside this physical body, it'll still be you, you're not going to be a white ball. See, this is what I was taught. You're a white ball that floats out of your physical body, and you got eight black marks here, but you got three Band-Aids over here and two stars over here, and hopefully they all work out. And if they don't, you go to a place on the side for a while until somebody prays you in. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Dear Lord Jesus. <laughs> no. You don't want to wait and get born again after you die because at that time you lose your authority outside your physical body and you can't make that decision anymore so the new birth must take place while you're in your physical body and at that time so if i died right now my body would fall down and i would be out of here praise god i would be gone and when you understand death it will help you somewhat to deal with this earthly life because death is this big tragedy for, for someone who's born again let me tell you it's not a big tragedy they just go on and basically that's it and they're not gone forever and they're not separated from you forever you will see them again if you're born again so you're just leaving basically the physical body that you have so spiritual death then opened the door to something called the curse say the curse curse. now what is this curse the curse is sickness it is sin it is disease it is lack when did that happen it happened in that day when adam basically ate off the tree he spiritually died all right go to genesis chapter 3 I expected, a, I expected a man to say that, to be honest with you. I can't believe. <laughs> All right, look at t- verse 17. And unto Adam God said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now notice, once again, God did not say, Adam, I am mad at you. I I have had it with you. You made a mistake. I'm just going to curse the crap out of you, man, and teach you a good lesson. I'm going to show you what I curse you. I curse your wife. I curse the ground. I'm in a cursing mood. But notice, he says, because you, listen to your wife, because you ate off the tree, cursed is the ground for your sake. So the curse did not come from God. God did not curse. The curse came because of the decision that Adam made in his life that allowed the curse to come in, into mankind, basically, at that time. Adam chose. He had a free will. Say free will. How many of us here have a free will? See, God, God will not mess with your free will, and neither can you mess with other people's free will. In other words, you, have, you can give them advice. You can tell them what to do. You can tell them what not to do. But how do you know they're going to do whatever they choose to do anyway? So there's no sense getting depressed because they didn't follow your orders. See? So, oh, look at them. I told them and they didn't listen. Well, they had a choice. You know, we all got choices. And they made the wrong choice. So you can't get all upset and go into depression just because somebody else didn't listen to what you told them to do. Everybody has a free will. How many of you know you found that out when you had kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when they got to the teenage years. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could guide their free will. You could guide their free will with a little love. When they were younger but as they get older i mean you know they're going to make their own decisions and do their own thing praise god so god did not desire man to be under the curse if he did he would have said in genesis 126 let us make man curse sick disease down and out depressed but he did so let us make man in my image in my likeness god did not punish man with the curse adam actually opened the door to the curse and god basically gave him a choice to do and he made the wrong choice now, how many of you know, sometimes when you read the Bible and you see that, you say, man, Adam, what a, what a stupid guy he is. Adam is, well, I'd just like to punch him, you know, for what he did. He brought the curse in here and all this stuff and all the sin and all this stuff. Have you ever thought that? What a dumbbell, praise God. But notice, now we live in the kingdom of God. Say, now we live in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 19 for a second. All right, go back to Matthew chapter 5 for now. When you teach, you got stuff coming up on the inside of you all over the place. And you don't really know where to go. Okay, look at verse 19. Now, now we're talking about kingdom people. We're talking about me, and we're talking about you. Jesus says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So now I'm in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not Adam, but I'm in the kingdom of heaven, and I've got to make my choice whether I'm going to obey God or disobey God and my life will and my success and everything else will be determined on whether I make the decision to obey God, to know and do what God tells me to do, or whether I don't know it, or then I know it and don't do what God tells me to do. So basically, we're in the same place that Adam was, when you think about it. Yeah, Adam messed up, but the question is, are we? And you can't blame it on Adam now because you're in the kingdom of God and you've got the choice not to make the wrong choice, but you're still making the wrong choice. So basically what we want to do is we want to blame it on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, look at Adam, that wife you gave me. Yeah. Look at the wife well, you, you, yet that you gave me. It was God's fault that he even gave him a wife. See, he wanted to blame it on anybody but himself. And it's the same way when you get in the kingdom of God. That temptation is still there. You you might want to blame your depression on somebody. You might want to blame, blame your sickness on somebody else. You might want to blame all these stuff. But notice, you can't blame it on anybody else. It's up to us about how our soul is, whether it's prospering or whether it's not. In Romans, it says you will either come to a place where you accuse people or you will excuse yourself. See, that's Adam, isn't it? So what do we want to do? Look what they're doing wrong. Look what they're doing wrong. Look at the bad decisions they're making. And at the same time, you're making worse ones. So what do you do if you get caught? You make an excuse. Forgive them. I don't have to forgive them. Do you know what they did to me? Let me tell you what they did to me and exactly what they said. I wrote it down run here. They don't like me very well, and I don't have to forgive because that's just not the way it is. And, and that's the way. What are you doing? You're making excuses to act like Adam and disobey. And then, of course, disobedience opens the door to the curse. And the curse is sickness and disease See, you're opening the door for it to come in your life yourself. And so you can't do that, can we? We, We've got to judge ourselves more than we judge other people. And we don't judge other people. We help people out. The Bible says if you turn somebody from their sin, then you saved a soul. But you don't turn them from sin by accusing them, gossiping about them, you know, doing that. We we do it in love, don't we? (laughs) We tell them that they're doing something wrong in love. We don't say, but well, that's not the way we do it. You shouldn't be doing that. You're doing Because you're just going to offend somebody worse anyway, and then you're going to be in more trouble anyway. So we have no excuses to not act like Adam, but we can. And when we do that, we open the door to the curse. When you open the door to the curse, of course, what happens when you open the door to the curse? Sin, sickness, disease, all these depression stuff comes in our lives because we open the door. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. All right. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 12. It says, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Now this is talking about who? Talking about Adam. So he says by one man, sin entered in, not by one God, By one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. So sin entered into the world by one man. How did death enter into the world? How did sickness enter into the world? By one man. Sin and all these things entered in by one man. His name was Adam, not by God. It's not a punishment from God. It's from man's choice to live under the curse. How did spiritual death and all the fruit, sickness, and disease, and all those things enter the world? Not by one God, but by one man. So it wasn't because God got mad at man and hates, g- hates man and puts the curse on him. Man had a choice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right, I'm going to go into this just shortly here. When you read the Bible as commands, you'll live in sin. If you read everything as a command, you're going to find out that God really doesn't command you to do something. He basically gives you an option out of something. You follow me? If you're living in poverty, he simply tells you to bring your tithes into the storehouse and get yourself out of poverty. He's not commanding you to do that. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to, but then you can't go back to God and cry when you don't tithe. See, he's not making a, a demand there. He's giving us all an option. He tells you to forgive, and if you do, I'll be able to forgive you. But if you don't, I won't be able to forgive you. What's he doing? He's offering you forgiveness. He's not demanding you better forgive, and that's why. And if you don't, I'll tell you what, God is not that kind of God. God is a rescuer. God is a deliverer. God is to get you out of your mess. The Bible says he's capable of delivering me out of every mess I get in. How many know that's good? And sometimes we get in such a, we think it's a big mess. Let me tell you, he's seen them all. You're not going to shock him, surprise him with anything. So notice, and notice the last part of that. Whereas as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon who? Upon who? So when Adam sinned, this curse, this sin, this sickness, this everything, just in God Pass on to his generation, but it passed on to every generation that was born after that. So when you were born into this world, you were born under the curse. You were born where sickness had authority over you. You were born where depression had authority. Addictions had authority over you. You wonder why people end up in alcohol and all this other stuff. It's because they're born into that type of realm, basically. And why are they born in that type of realm? They're born in that type of realm because they came out of the inside of Adam. Now, think about this for a little bit. If Adam would have never had any kids, how many people would there be after Adam? None. None. So everybody that's in the world came out of Adam. I mean, Enoch came out of Adam. This one came out of Adam. That came out of Adam. My kids came out of the inside of me, and I came out of Adam. So everybody's born after its own kind, remember? Plant an orange tree, you get oranges. Plant an apple tree, you get Well, he was spiritual death, and every person born from him had spiritual death in their life. They were born that way with spiritual death and they were subject to all these things. And you look at even the world, you know, and even half the church think that God is the one cursing everybody and doing everything. I mean, listen to it in Acts of God. Tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes are all called Acts of God when you hear people explain them. Well, all you have to do is read Acts and you'll find out there's no tornadoes in there. God did. There's no hurricanes in there. There's no floods in there whatsoever. So notice here it says, by one man, curse and sickness are here in this world, and now they're ruling and reigning over everyone. Look at verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. How many of you sinned in the garden? How many of you ate off the tree? Didn't matter. You got the same thing that Adam got because you were born out of the inside of Adam. Can we take a little detour? (laughs) The Bible says that it's not good for man to be alone. alone. If you break that down in the Greek, it actually says it is not good for man to be all one. So he gave him a helpmate. Why? So he wouldn't be all one. He would be more than one because only the female beyond popular demand. Right. Only female can bring man out of man. Right. So you put two men together, it, it's impossible. You put two women together, it's impossible. So man, it was not good for man to be all one. So God gave him a helpmate, which was the woman. What, what, what was she different? Because she had a womb, which could bring man out of man. and keep the population going. Are you following me? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Got me going in 40 different directions this day. Praise God. All right, look at verse 17 for if by one man's offense, whose offense? Death reigned by one, but much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign by one in Jesus Christ. That's the good news, isn't it? So God created man to rule, to have dominion, not to be ruled by the curse. God gave man a kingdom to step into, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the whole. And when Adam disobeyed, He let the curse into the world. Before Adam sinned, all this stuff was not a problem for mankind. So the curse is not a product of God's anger towards man. It's not a punishment towards man. The curse came from Adam's disobedience toward God. When will the curse start to rule in your life? When you start to become disobedient. Now, do you have to be disobedient to be attacked? I don't believe you do. I believe you can be attacked just because you're here. That's because you're in the earth realm. Sickness is around. Disease is around. Germs are around. You're going to be, I think you're going to be attacked certain times. And basically, it's not because you did anything wrong. It's just because you did stuff right. (laughs) And when things do it right, there's a temptation there. What's that temptation for? The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will... Well, you don't submit to God if when you start getting symptoms, you say, oh, boy, I'm sick as a dog. I better call somebody right now and tell them how sick. How many know you're not submitted or agreeing with God because God never called you sick, down and out, depressed? So the temptation comes. What's that temptation for? For you to use your authority and step out from underneath your health and claim something. You can claim anything you want. you got power, bro. we got power. Hallelujah, glory. We declare. Well, you declare you're sick. It's just as powerful as you declare you're healed. See, but we haven't come to that place yet because physical pain is much more powerful than the Word of God a lot of times. Come on, I'm just being honest today. Um, I mean, I can pray for somebody else who's got physical pain, praise God. That's great. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm I'm glad. But when it's in my body, it's a little harder to believe. Yes, sir. Were we to talk? I mean, you sure. Said you were going to do that, but sure. I right. If you're in sin or unforgiveness or anything else, you can rebuke, you know, all you want to rebuke. And you, you can declare. There's times you declare things when you know you're declaring something you believe. And there are times you're declaring something because you want to get results and something you don't believe. That was good right there. I'll tell you what that was good. Yeah. Yeah, and here you're seeing yourself dying, and you're going, I'm healed. "I'm healed, I'm healed, I declare I'm healed." But no, 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 it's not, it's not in there. See, you haven't been in the Word. It hasn't changed the way you look and changed the way you think about the situation. So you're declaring, but that, how many know that's better than saying, "I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, and I'm dying." So it's better than that. But, but it's got to be on the inside of you, and it packs power on the inside of you. That's why when people prophesy in church or in a setting, and it comes right from God, it's usually fairly powerful because it actually came directly from God. You know it's in agreement with God, and it's going to pack power in it. But when you're trying to, and here's the thing, when you're trying to get something God already provided for, it's hard to do because you're not in health. You're in sickness trying to get into where you're coming from, where you start, where you look at, where you where you think you are when it hits. When, when symptom comes, do you see yourself as sick or do you see yourself as someone healed and the devil coming to put sickness on you and you stand against it? It all depends where you see yourself again. And this is a hard transition to make, once again, because there's physical pain that's involved in the whole situation. So you may have sinned, and you may get attacked, you may just get attacked, you may whatever. But I just know that there's... And I believe in my spirit, there's things coming down the road. We're not done with this kind of stuff. It's going to be coming. And we need to be prepared before it gets here. It's very hard to get prepared when you're under attack. It's very hard to believe when you're under attack. It's very hard to believe for finances when you've got one hour to go and you haven't even read a scripture and don't even believe God yet. And all at once, in the next 55 minutes, you're going to get a miracle. We don't want to live by miracles. We want to live in a place where we don't need any miracles because we're living in the kingdom of God and, and doing, allowing God to do miracles for other people. are you following? All right, go to Exodus chapter 15. All right, Exodus chapter 15, look at verse 26. And God said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that does what? All right. Now, I've given you enough background by now to know that God is a good God. God doesn't put sickness and disease on anyone. Are you following me? If you skim the Bible and you just read it like this, you're going to say, oh my God, I'm sick because God put that darn thing on me. It's all over me here. Something's the matter. No. They they don't have any really, really thing to explain this in the Greek. So basically what it is saying is basically I will not allow these diseases upon you that came on the Egyptians. So what was God doing here? He was giving you protection and an insurance policy, these people, from the curse. The curse was already here. Adam made sure that. Disease was already here. Depression was already here. Sin was already here. But God says, if you do this, I will be able to protect you put an umbrella over you so that sickness will not come upon you. You saw this back in the Egyptian day. How many know when the Egyptians, the flies came and when the cows died and everything else, God had a protection policy over his people because they were following him and the the curses that came on the Egyptians did not come upon them because God was actually protecting them. So it's not God putting a curse on you, it's God protecting you from the curse that's already here because he loves you and had to give these people a way out from underneath the curse. But Notice what it says, verse 26. And God said, if, say if. If. Say it again, if. 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 Now, how many know that's an ugly word? isn't it? Because if we do something, then we'll have protection from the sickness, from disease, from all these things, if you do this. What's he doing? He was giving them once again. He wasn't demanding them that they do it. He was giving them a way out of the curse by simply obeying him and doing what he told them to do. So if you will diligently hearken or hear the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight, I will be able to protect you from all the diseases which became upon the Egyptians. So you read the Old Testament, Every time the the people of God stepped out of God's will, how many know they got killed? But every time they repented and stepped back in, they started to prosper. And then they stepped out and they got killed. And they stepped back in and then they prospered. Well, in that day, it it was easy for them to do that because once again, they were spiritually dead, They were under sin, under all these things. They didn't know God. But now we're in a dispensation. We've got a new nature on the inside of us, and we don't have to sin. We don't have to fail. We don't have to go on the wrong side of the if- We can stay on the right side of the if and obey God and what he tells us to do, what, what it does. Well, if it protected the people back in that day who weren't born again, I guarantee you it protects the people in this day who are born again and who are children of the living God. So basically he said, these diseases will not fall upon you or come upon you. I will not allow them to come. Now, what if they didn't do the if right and sickness and disease came on them? Why didn't God do something? he couldn't do anything. It was their choice. He couldn't do anything. He's God. He gave you free will. He cannot say, well, you messed up, and you didn't do the if, but I'll tell you, I'm feeling good today. I'm just going to give you a break today. I'm going to go ahead and let you be healed anyway in sickness and disease. I just feel like I'm in a good mood today. No, he gives you these things basically so that we walk in them, and by walking in them, we th- I mean, it's just like in the natural realm. There's laws. I mean, know there's laws in the natural realm. If you could walk up the Empire State Building or 10 floors up and you jump off a thing, you can't blame that on God. But God says, if you don't jump, you'll do pretty good. And you jump anyway. And then you want to blame it on God that you splatted. Yeah. No, you shouldn't have jumped. And, and why didn't God stop it? Because there's a law called... And when you jump, you're going to go... And when you go down, you're going to Splat. You see? It's the same way in the natural realm as in the spiritual. So he's saying, hey, if you obey these laws right here, if you do this, I'm not the one punishing you. I'm not doing any of these things. Now notice what he says at the last. Very important. He's trying to explain to these people. He says, and I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I put upon the Egyptians. Why? For I am the Lord that does what? Heals Heals thee. Now why did he tell them who he was? Apparently because they didn't know who he was. He said, listen to me. I'm not the one putting this stuff on you. I'm not the one cursing you. I'm not the one putting sickness on you. I'm not the one doing all these things to you. I, let me tell you who I am. I am the Lord that heals. That's who I am. And people say, well, what's God do? Well, he heals because he's the Lord that heals. That's like walking up to somebody and saying, what do you do for a living? I'm a carpenter. What do you do? Well, I carpent. You see? It's in the name. So he says, I am the Lord that Heals thee. Now, I was taught, you know, if I was a real good boy, God liked me and he'd be good. And if I was a real bad boy, then God was just going to rain hell down on me. So I wanted to be as good boy as I could, the best I could, because I didn't want God. But God's not up there waiting for you to make a mistake all the time so he can hit you with sickness or sin or depression. That's not who God is. God's giving us options to walk in the kingdom of God and the things of God, just like he gave the people here. He gave them an option. He's saying, hey, if you just listen to the word of God, if you just do the word of God, I got a protection plan for you. You won't have to worry about the curse, even though you've got the nature of the curse on the inside of you, because I am the Lord that heal thee. Now notice, I've heard other names for God. God is the Lord that maketh thee sick. God is the Lord that will make you painful to teacheth you something. God is the one who will strip you down, steal everything you got to get you to understand. No, God is not that God. That's religion and religion's wrong. He is the one, basically, who heals us. So he wanted them to know who he was. He is the God that healeth thee. And people, I always ask people, if you think God makes you sick, how would he do it? You can't give someone something that you don't have, you know? So, I mean, in the Bible, Jesus touched people, but they didn't get sick. They got healed. God didn't, in sickness and disease, you breathe on people. Well, God breathed on people, and nobody ever got the Holy Ghost flu. No, he breathed on people, and they got the Holy Ghost, praise God. So God's not the one that can put sickness on you. Sickness has to come from a place other than heaven, other from the kingdom of God, other than God to get on people. And people say, well, God will allow you to be sick. Well, God will allow you to rob a bank. He'll allow you not shower for three weeks and stink. He'll allow you anything that you want to do, he'll allow you to do. That's absolutely right. He'll allow you to do it, but he's not the one who put it on you, basically. And when you study the whole Old Testament, you're going to find that there wasn't a whole lot of revelation about the devil in the Old Testament. Why? Because most of them were children of. They had enough revelation. But then all at once, Jesus comes along, and all at once, Jesus starts talking about two kingdoms two powers. Hey, he's of the father, you're of your father the devil. The prince of this world comes. Satan will be cast out. Why? Because he's got people now born back into the kingdom of God with spiritual knowledge who can understand the difference between the power of God and the power of the enemy now because we can understand spiritual things in our realm. So here God is not threatening Israel with sickness and disease. He's offering a way out from under the curse. God is not in the cursing business. He's in the blessing business. He's not in the sickness and disease business. He's in the Healing business. God is a good God. How often? All the time. All right, go to Deuteronomy 28. Any questions? Anything you want to add? It's fine. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's because it said there, if you do this, you will get this. Well, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. So once again, there's an if there. All right, Deuteronomy 28, look at verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do, say observe and do, Now, this scripture is just about, remember the one last week? What did we talk about last week? Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Keep the word of God in your mouth, and you will start to observe to do all that is written therein. This is the same thing. It shall come to pass if thou wilt shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So what's he doing here again? He's offering them a protection policy. To keep them away from the curse. If you do, in other words, basically, you will be protected from the curse. You will be protected from sickness and disease in your life. Now, notice what it says. If you do these things, will God bless you? Will he? No, he won't. Look at the verse. Verse 2. If you do this, and all these blessings shall come and overtake you. Why is that? Because the blessing's in the earth realm and the curse is in the earth realm. If you do this, the blessings will come and overtake you. If not, the curse will come and overtake you. It's not up to God whether you get the blessing or whether you get the curse. It's you do the if you hearken unto the word and you do the word and stay in obedience with the word. Are you following? Well, God's blessing me. Well, actually, you're walking in the blessing. You're doing it right. It's God's blessing that was sent, but you have to receive that blessing, and it's the same way with the curse. The curse will do the same thing. So here he says, if you do these things, this is how the blessing will work. Well, how does it work? I hear the word, and I do the word. Now, what's another word for hear the word and do the word? Obedience. Obedience. One more. Begins with an F. Faith. Faith. Faith is not just hearing the word, but it's doing the word that you hear. What's that faith? Faith tells me, and I do it. I act on it. Why? Because I believe it. So that's what faith is. So in other words, if you walk by faith, you won't have a problem with sickness and with disease. It says, what is faith? It's a spiritual law. It's a law of the spirit. So I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk by the way. I'm going to hearken. I'm not going to disobey. I'm going to do it. The curse is here, but I'm not going to walk in the curse. The blessings here? Yeah, I'm going to walk in the blessings, pray God. And the blessings of God are going to come upon me, not only upon me, but they're going to, oh, man, it's got to be good to be overtaken by blessings, don't you think? And we've had, we've had squirts of it. I mean, we've had a squirt of it. He said, my God, I, I wanted 50 bucks and I got 500. Oh, ah, that was really a blessing from God. And we had these little things. But we can walk in this all the time. If we just follow what the word says, just like we can walk in health, you can walk in peace, you can walk in joy. Jesus says, do not worry. And how many people worry that's in the church? 99.9% of everybody in the church spends most of their time worrying about things. Well then already you're you're not in line with the word of God. How I many know worry affects your feelings? Affects your emotions, affects everything about you and people wonder why they're sick. It's going to make you sick. Your body was created for a God image on the inside, not a devil image on the inside. Worry, your, your body's not there. It can't handle fear. It can't handle worry. It can't handle stretch. It wasn't made for all those things. So the more you walk out of that stuff in line with the Word of God, the healthier, and even the better you're going to feel. How many of you know that? When you're not in unforgiveness, when you're not in worry, when you're not in stress, you f- your physical body feels better. But when you're stressed out, man, you feel like you need a massage about every 30 seconds because your body's stressed up, you don't feel good, you're tired, you can't get out of bed, you can't do all this stuff. Well, why is that? It's because you're not in the blessing anymore. You stepped out of the blessing. Benny Hinn, you sing a song, trust and obey, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to just trust and obey. And you think about it, it sounds simple, but it's not that easy to do. All right, look at verse 15, same chapter. But, say but. But, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that these curses shall come upon thee, and they shall over take thee. All right, so here we are. We're hearing the word of God. We're doing the word of God. We're in a protection policy. The blessings of God are coming on us, but now we get into a place maybe where we haven't been in the word a while. We're starting to walk into the natural. We're starting to get into the flesh, and all at once we're walking now no longer in that, we're walking out of the word of God, and notice what happens when that happens. Does God curse you? It says, I curse you because you ain't going gonna to line up with me. I curse everyone. I curse your family. I curse your ground. No, it says the curse, these curses shall come upon thee, and they shall do what? overtake you. Now is God allowing the curse? The curse is there. It's not up to him whether he allows it or not. He will allow what you choose to receive in the spirit realm. So if you're walking there, the curses will come, and they'll overtake you. And if you read some of the curses, I mean, my gosh, you look in here, verse 27, the botch. I don't know what the botch is, but it do not sound very good. Hemorrhoids, the itch, blindness, divorce, all these things are listed in here. These things will come upon you. Well, how many know there's many people in the church who these curses are coming upon right now? And there's got to be a reason because they're kingdom people. They're born again. They're in the kingdom of God. So there's got to be an if not, not right there. Basically, just allowing all these sicknesses and all these diseases. And, you know, Smith Wigglesworth said time, some, in the last days when, when there's going to be a great plagues and stuff come to the earth, there's going to be a problem basically with people in the church and Christians living in health because there's too many options. I mean, have you watched TV at night at all? You can't sit there an hour without watching 14 commercials on a new drug you should be taking right now. Do you have a pain in your arm? No, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> what do I need to take for it? Go to your doctor. Get Playtex. All right, I'll get it. Praise God. You get it. And then after you get Playtex, you read the bottle, you've got to have Simeroid and, and Josie and all this stuff because of the side effects you're having. A, and pretty soon you've got a whole bunch of pills here in front of you. And your shoulder didn't hurt until they told you it hurt to begin with. So, you're, yeah, that's what it's all about, see? That's what it's about in the natural realm. But we don't think like that. Nope. I said, we don't think like that. No. 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 We don't go to the store every time they got cold serum on sale and buy four bottles, anticipating. God, it's on sale right now. We better get four or five bottles. Are you sick? No, but you never know when we're going to get sick and we want to have enough bottles. See, and I'm not making fun, but how many know that's wrong thinking? You should be thinking about you don't need any of that stuff. You're never going to need any of that stuff, praise God. There's no reason for it. I'm not going to need it. And I'm not saying if you get hit in your physical body and you're struggling with it not to get something, you've got to know where you're at. You understand? you got to know what you're, I mean, there's no sense living there in all kind of pain just to prove that you're a good Christian, and the whole time you're just beating yourself up. Come on, now. We're not stupid. No, we go and we get what we need. And I'll tell you what, if you get something for it and it, it helps with the symptoms, it's a lot easier to believe you're healed. When your symptoms are better, you follow me? But there's got to come a day when we know that 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 we know. Because we know that we know that we know that we are healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And we're going to treat sickness and disease like we treat sin. How many know they were both atoned for in the same day? I know Jesus put them together as the same thing under the curse, sickness and sin. But you can walk around in church, and you can say, "Well, I don't feel good today. I've just been sick as a dog all week, and nobody will think a thing. But you walk up and say, Well, I've been committing adultery all week long. <laughs> Come on, nobody would do that, would they? You've got to be out of your mind to do that. But they're the same. See, they should be the same in our eyes, the same way. You're complaining about that. You might as well complain about your sin too because they're both the same and get it over with. But we've got to change that. We've been conditioned a little bit on sin, but we've got to be conditioned that sickness and disease has no right in our life. And as long as we're doing what God told us to do, then we'll be fine. Look at verse 61. what will we be redeemed from? Verse 61 says, also every sickness and every plague, which is not even written in the book of the law, this is beyond botch, itch, and everything else, them will the Lord bring upon them until they be destroyed. So now once again, we know the Lord isn't putting it upon them, but that means every sickness and every disease, not just a few, not just some, not just you, every sickness and every disease, I can walk in the blessing rather than walk in the curse of it. All right, go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is why it's so important for us to walk in revival because the Spirit of God on the inside of me, let me know if you start stepping out in the wrong direction and you're close to the Holy Ghost, you won't have to sit down for 15 minutes and see if you sin that day. You will know it as soon as you do it. The Holy Ghost says, hey, hey, you better get back over here where you belong, man, and and, you'll repent right away and you'll go back. If you say something to somebody that's not good, you'll, you'll do it right then. You won't, won't wait. Why is that? Because you're walking close to the Spirit of God. What does he wants to do? He wants to lead and guide you into all truth, not just once a month. All day while you're walking. I'm gonna walk in the truth. Somebody comes out and says, You don't look too good, you're getting sick. And all the Holy Ghost says, Don't say that. Don't say that. You just say, No, no, I'm healed from the top of my head, to the soles of my feet. I'm healed. See, he will correct you on what you're going to say or what you're going to claim or what you're going to do. And if you spit it out, then you can always repent. How many know repentance is a wonderful thing? Praise God. And it says he will instantly forgive you. Glory to God. So don't harp on it for four days. Oh, look what I did. Get over it. He said he will take care of it. Why? Because he needs you and wants you. You don't have to convince him to keep you in the right area. He wants and needs you in the right area so you can do what you were put here to do to begin with physically, spiritually, and mentally. It, it takes physical health to do things for God. It takes, it takes spirituality to do it. It takes a good soul to do what God wants to do. So God, you know, the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, he's for us. He's for you. He's not challenging you. He's not trying to test you. He's not trying to teach you on that stuff. He is trying to keep you in line so that you can be healthy, you can be strong, you can do what God wants you to do every single day of your life, that you don't spend one or two days down when there's an opportunity for you to do something. God wants us healed and wants us blessed every day of our life. That just did something to me when I found that out. I guess because I was in so much religion, I just thought God was always out to get me. He was out to get me. He's out to get me. God's out to get me. Are you sinning? Well, if I get drunk, maybe he can't see me. You know, whatever, whatever. And you get drunk and then you repented. I mean, no, but I didn't really repent. I just didn't want God mad at me and I didn't want to go to hell. So I repented. Were you sorry? No. Were you going to quit? Absolutely not. But I repented. Come on, because that's what I was taught. I hadn't changed my nature yet. Do you see? I was doing the things that I naturally did. But boy, I was into repentance. My goodness sakes, every Sunday morning after Friday, Saturday night, I needed repentance. And I did it, and then I went to church. Why did you go to church? Because they told me if I didn't go to church, I would go to hell. So I tried to obey the if. So I went to church, and I was physically there. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what. I mean, I knew when to stand up and sit down because everybody else was doing it. You know what I mean? But I wasn't really in church. I was just in church. But then when you got born again, it was different, wasn't it? you he, he were not in church so you didn't go to hell you were in church because you were already in heaven praise God you knew that it was coming you didn't go to church just, to, just so you wouldn't sin you went to church because you wanted to go to church why because there was something changed on the inside of you now the ifs aren't that tough anymore because I'm in line with God I'm a child of God I got the nature of God and I can do the ifs a lot easier than I could before because that's my nature to do the ifs now so basically when, when you get up and, and every morning you, you know, pray in the Holy Ghost and you say, uh, you know, I cast all my care on you today. I cast all my care onto you. You know what the Bible says? It says basically when you submit yourself to God, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Well, that's to say that I'm sick and I'm no good and God's great and God's going to help me. and God. That's not humility. That's stupidity. See, it says if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you will cast all your care upon him. So what's humility? True humility is that you're not worrying anymore. How many people are walking in true humility? I don't know. Not too many. Why? Because we're constantly worried about things of this natural realm happening in our lives, somebody else's life, somebody else's life. What does that do? After a while of worrying, you you can really become a good worrier. I mean, anything you practice, you can get good at. You You start worried at everything, praise God, you know. Worry that it's too dry, not rain today. It's too wet, you know. Turn the rain on, shut the rain off, do this, do that. You can worry about everything, but that worry on the inside of you affects your soul. It doesn't really affect your spirit, it just blocks it up. So we want to eliminate all these things in our life, basically. We want to do the if on the right side and do them. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 30, look at verse 9. It says in the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand in the fruit of your body in the fruit of your cattle in the fruit of your land for good for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over your fathers If you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, it is neither far off, it is not in heaven. Now how many people are believing for God to do things from them from heaven? But the blessing you need is not in heaven. The blessing you need is already here. It is not in heaven that thou should say, Who's going to go up into heaven for me and bring it down, that you may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea. It's not in Africa. It's not moving to a different location. It's not finding a different spouse. It's not finding a different job. We do all these things thinking it's going to help us. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart that you may... Do it. So that, that's our combination for healing right there. What is it? I'm going to put the Word of God in my mouth and I'm going to keep the Word of God in my heart, and that will cause me to observe and cause me to do the Word at all times. And if I do it, then basically I'm in line with God. Verse 16, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, and walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments and His statutes, and His judgments that thou shalt may live us and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whether throughout thou possess. So here we are, we're walking in the things of God. The blessings of God are coming on in our life. You're obeying, the, you're obeying with money. You're not only a tither, but you're a giver, and you don't spend money on stupid stuff, and, you, and you're listening to God, and you're doing things, and all at once you got more money than you need, and your health it wasn't very good, but now you're obeying God, and now you straighten your mouth out, and now the word on healing's in your heart, and now you're speaking the word of God, and all at once the symptoms are slowly leaving your body. See, sometimes they don't leave right away. Sometimes you grow out of sickness. Because the more your soul prospers, the more you will have good success so the soul is prospering so just stay in there just keep doing it. don't get discouraged don't say I mean the first time I ever rebuked sickness and disease and it didn't go away because the Bible said it was supposed to go away and the next day I got up and it was worse than it was the day before and I was still rebuking and the next day it was worse than the day before How I mean, you know I started to get a little bit discouraged but I never did that before I'd read it in a book it worked for E.W. Canyon but for some reason it wasn't working for P.T. Karras and why was that? Because I wasn't at that level yet. So I just decided to stand and walk in it and walk in it. And after about the fifth or sixth days, it went away. That was it. But it was a long six days. How I many know when you don't feel good? It is a long day. But well, what happened the next time it came, I was a little more schooled in it. I was a little more, I didn't get discouraged. I spoke the word. I said, this is what God said. And if this is what God said, God never lies. God's for me. God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to be healed. A, I'm healed from the top of my head. And the soul's feet. Maybe it took three days that time and went away. And then it came to a point to where something would try to come on me. I just said, get out of here. Because as this happens, your perspective changes again. You know, we see sickness as this giant and us as this little grasshopper, sort of like the Israelites. Sickness. COVID, oh, my God. See, and everybody freaks out, and there's still people freaking out. How many of you know that? They've built their fear to a place where they're going to live in a bubble the rest of their life, basically, because they they got to be professional fearers. And how many know sooner or later, it doesn't matter how many masks they wear or whatever, they're going to break down on their physical body. Because that's the way it works. It's going to work. They're they're scared to go out, scared to do anything, scared to go here. Well, sooner or later, their physical body ain't going to be able to take that anymore. And it don't matter how many masks, it may not be COVID, it it might be something else. So we we don't want to be in that area. We want to be in the area where we're convinced of what God paid for us and what he did. Here he said he's going to give us plenteous. Say "Plenteous." plenteous. All right, look at verse 19. God says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and I've set before you Death. I've set before you, and I've set before you, cursing. Now, how many know he doesn't say he's going to do it? He says, I've given you a choice. Blessing, life, cursing, death. Now watch, he even gives us something very good. He tells us what to do. He says, choose life. How many know that's a good idea? That both you and your seed may do what? Live. Live. So notice, we're making a choice every day we get up, aren't we? We're making a choice in every situation. We're making a choice in everything that comes into our life. And all this has something to do with walking in divine health. It all has part of it. Especially, you know, when I read the Bible right off the bat and I started reading scriptures about God putting sickness and disease on me, how many know it's very hard to fight sickness and disease if you believe God put it on you for your benefit? I mean, I don't want to rebuke sickness and disease. If God's teaching me with it and I'm going to grow in the things of God, then I'm certainly not going to resist what God's doing in my life to teach me something because he's putting sickness on me to teach me something. So there's no sense in me standing against God because God was going to win anyway. And that was my mindset when I read those scriptures and didn't study them. Say, didn't study them. So you've got to have two or three scriptures out of the mouth of every two or three, two or three. You've got to have two. You just can't pick one scripture out and do it. You've got to look at the Bible, you've got to study the Bible, and you've got to see it. And once again, find scriptures that deal with healing. Find scriptures that do with your soul prospering. Put four, five, six of them together, read them every day, and study them a little bit. Let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do in your life to change your way of thinking. Because we want our souls to prosper, not not only in healing, but in the power of God, and in the, the presence of God, and to everything in our life. You can have whatever you believe for in the Spirit and your believer only goes so far and the Holy Ghost wants to take you farther than your believer's already gone. Because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or think. That means what you're thinking and asking today isn't enough. Isn't enough. Why? Because he can do a lot more than you're asking or thinking now. Sometimes I think I really got there. My God, I'm walking in the Spirit. I got the power of the Holy Ghost. I understand all this stuff. And he's You didn't even scratch the surface yet. Keep asking, keep thinking, keep thinking, keep thinking. Let, let the word of God do your mind. Let it show you what you can do. Let it show you who you are. Well, we can walk in divine health. We can cast out devils. We can heal the sick. If it sounds bad to you about those things, then basically just get back in the word. Build that on the inside of you. Anything this book tells you. And, and that's the thing. Everybody thinks Jesus came basically to show how what a wonderful guy he was and how marvelous he was. He came to show you exactly what you could do that's why he came. He never said that you couldn't do what he could do. He said you will do the same as he did and even more than he did. Praise God. As a matter of fact, he then told us to do those things. But yet the whole church wants to put him way up here and us way down here and, and everybody waiting for Jesus to come back. I don't want to wait for Jesus to come back. i want to do something today, tomorrow. tomorrow, the next day. So what is it? It's a renewing our soul, isn't it? It's getting to that word of God. It's to get a picture of ourselves of who we really are. Don't let anybody talk you down. Let me tell you what you can't do or who you are or you're a worm or all this stuff. Don't go for that. That's not who you are, praise God. You're a child of the living God, glory to God, and you've got power and authority in your life. Praise God. Well, we got halfway through it, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Holy Ghost, I just thank you for what you're doing as as we're going to walk in divine health and we're going to honor you in every single area of our life. Father, I thank you for the Spirit of God who quickens our mortal bodies on a daily basis. Holy Ghost, continue to lead us, guide us in all truth. Keep us on the right side of the if each and every day. And I thank you, Father, that every single person in Treasure Coast Victory Center as of tonight is healed from the top of their head into the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. I don't care if they're here or not here. We declare it right now in Jesus' name that this word goes forth. Everybody that reads this word, everybody that listens to this word that went out tonight, I thank you that they will be healed instantly if they just make one decision to do what you told them to do. And we thank you for it and give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. and amen, wow. amen, amen.